Hi, I'm Amy Stark, the host of the Ophelia Podcast. In this episode, you'll get to meet my co-hosts, Amy and Mark, and you'll hear about why we're doing this podcast and why we named it Ophelia. You'll also find out what inspired Amy and Mark's wedding vows, as well as Mark and I are going to do a healing on a childhood fear. You'll be surprised about what was holding him back. Let's get started. Welcome to the Ophelia Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. to the Ophelia podcast. This is the first episode. I'm here with Mark and Amy. Mark is the producer and Amy is his wife and a former client and now friend. And I've invited them on for this first episode so that we can talk about why we're doing this episode or why we're doing this podcast, I should say. Mark approached me about six months ago and asked what I thought about doing podcasting. And I said to him, quite frankly, I'd love to do a podcast, but I know nothing about podcasting. And he said he'd love to help me to launch a podcast because he has a why. <laughs> and so here he is, and he's going to share why he and his wife wanted to do this. Wow. Well, thank you. We wanted to do this mainly because of how much you touched Amy how much work you did with her and how much it helped her. And then it trickled down to the rest of the family. And a lot of the work that you've done has been a big help for all of us. And I noticed that you were doing lots of different things online with Stark Transformation. I thought a podcast would really be a nice compliment to everything that you do, especially where I just felt it could really help a lot of people, not just the people that you will be sitting down with one-on-one -on -one for each episode, but also uh, for everybody listening. Now, you've told me since that it really actually takes it to a whole new level. I just thought it would be helpful for people to listen, understand. But while working on some of these episodes that we're going to be releasing soon, I think just listening to you has helped heal me in certain ways. I mean, I've had, I texted you while you were on an airplane recently. I was telling you, just sitting there talking to you after listening to one of the episodes, I started getting these just random chills. They literally would start from my back, would go around toward my waist and down my legs. And it just kept happening. And it wasn't like normal goosebumps, normal chills that I would receive. It's kind of almost felt as a tingling sensation, almost as if your leg or arm start going numb, you know, where mm. you get that little tingly type feeling before it goes numb. That's the best way I can describe it. So I can understand that this is actually not only helpful to the people you speak to directly, but... This is going to be healing people just by listening. That is the intention. Um, I'm so glad that you shared that and you felt that because that is what I want to accomplish by having this podcast. Because for so many years, I've been working one-on-one -on -one with people and, and sometimes in small groups, 
but I wanted to uh, help more people because every time I did a session with somebody, I knew so many more people would benefit from what happened in that session energetically and through the information and wisdom that was coming through, whether it was channeled or just what I've, I've received from going to many different workshops or reading lots of books or anything else that I, where I picked up information. And it's so relatable because we're all human and we're all going through very similar experiences. We're all struggling very similarly. It just may look a little different in our bodies with a different illness or such. But what I'm here to do is to help people to connect, realign with who they really are. And there's just a few techniques that really can jumpstart that process. And that's why I'm doing this. And I'm so grateful for your expertise in this area because First of all, you know what I do. So you know that it has, it does have power and transformation in it, but um, you're able to take that and translate it so that other people can hear it. And I'm so grateful for that. I am too. And I'm hoping that as we dive in today, I'm hoping that I figure out that that is part of my why and that is part of my purpose is what we're doing right now. And people will hear in future episodes that Amy, who my wife, and I guess we got to distinguish since we have two Amys here. I'm Amy R. Okay. <laughs> Until we come up with another name. Yes. So Amy R, my wife. She, I feel like we should call her Rocket Blaster or something like that. Whoa. <laughs> Every time she comes on to do any sort of work with us, she's like, <laughs> brings the energy even more. Um, so I love it. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Well, we'll, you, we'll come up with a name. Okay. Yeah. So we'll learn uh, in future episodes here that she too is working toward discovering her why and figuring out exactly what that why is. So together... We have been on a very similar path, walking side by side, and uh, we're looking forward to working even more closely with you to figure that out. Cool. I'm excited for you guys to figure that out. Yeah. In the upcoming episodes, Amy and I work together to actually clear energy for the podcast that you're listening to, but that energy is uh, relatable. And that was one of the episodes that Mark was listening to because... Amy was moving some energy around purpose and around um, speaking her truth and around responsibility and things like that. So you'll hear more about that coming up. But Amy, why don't we hear from you? Yeah. So thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So my why is very similar, but you know, I've been working, started working with Amy a couple years ago and you had tremendous impact on every aspect of my life in clearing energy and helping me heal. I have ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune disease, and it's caused me to be sick for many years, like eight years. And, and that's kind of why you first reached out to Amy, right? Right, exactly. Is I believe, you know, I, I met somebody, I believe things come to you at the right time. And someone told me there's a, a really deep mind body connection and especially uh, your gut and brain. And I felt that there is stuff that is definitely lingering in me, whether, you know, I know about it or not, that is causing me to have these issues. And my friend, Amanda, who I'm very grateful for introducing me to Amy. I started working with Amy and you just have taught me so many tools and just helped me clear a lot of energy out, have been a big part of my healing. And I became passionate about this right away. And I, as you were teaching me these tools, I was so interested in, well, how do you know that? Or where does that come from? And I really got excited about this work and wanted to learn as much as possible. And then I wanted to share it. So I have a lot of friends that I've pulled in and talk about the law of attraction and different things that I've learned. And I just want to educate other people. I think that there's so many people out there that I just have no idea how 
these tools and this work that you do can help them. And I just want to help get the word out. It's, this is exciting. I think I know my why. I just don't exactly know exactly how it's going to play out, but I know that this is part of it. And speaking of tools, one of the biggest tools that you, Amy, had offered Amy R. early on was the book, The Four Agreements. It was something that you told her she should connect with, and she did in a great way. And then, of course, connected me to it. And it was so influential that, I mean, it was part of our our wedding. We got married almost two years ago. Both of us, without planning, wrote our vows all in the theme of the four agreements. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. So great. Yes. So you've really helped us in many ways, whether it be a book, whether it be direct healing. So we're uh, now looking forward to this next step and seeing how you can help us even further. And we can help the rest of the world. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm remembering actually, Amy, some of the planning energetically we did for your wedding. Yes. Um, That was fun. (laughs) It was really fun. And I think about that a lot. Amy asked me before my wedding if she could work with me and set the tone energetically for our wedding. Our wedding was by far... Obviously, it was our wedding, but Mm. people say there was so much love, so much happiness. It was the most amazing day of my life. Even my kids were like, we had the best time. Mm -hmm. Matthew, my son just said the other day, it was one of the greatest days of his life. And I really believe, obviously, there was a lot of love there anyway, but that helped make it perfect. You just could have toned down the the degrees about 10 (laughs) and it would have been even more. Yes, it was a little hot there. It was a little hot that day. Well, you guys all look beautiful and and I'm so glad because um, that was my experience with my own wedding. Um, I was setting the energetic tone and and I was like, listen, this stuff works, you know, like we obviously did worked on the day, but we also worked on anything inside of Amy that would keep her from being able to be fully present. Did you feel fully present at your wedding? Oh, yes, absolutely. I've never felt more present in my life. There was nothing else on my mind. I was completely there which is very difficult for me at times to just be Yeah, and isn't it interesting? Most women report that their wedding day just like flies right past and they don't remember it and they don't enjoy it. Right. And it actually, it obviously it does fly and we were like, I can't believe it's over. But I remember moments of being there and looking around and seeing people's expressions. And I really feel like I did soak it in. So Mm -hmm. awesome. So Amy, what's the one thing that you think you've gotten from all this work? Like if you could boil it down to like one word or one idea that you think has really just helped you so that these people who are listening to the podcast can really know that that's what's coming down the pike for them. I think the most important thing that I've learned that I am in complete control of my own life and my destiny and we are in control of our thoughts and you can do anything you really want to do. You just have to do the work and there's different ways to do the work, but anything's possible. I know it sounds so cliche, but I really understand that we all can create and knowing that I can create and that I'm part of this bigger thing, this bigger universe, and that I feel supported. And there's forces that are working in my direction for me. I just have to learn how to use it was the most rewarding, exciting, comforting message that I've learned to date. That's awesome. I love the way that you put that. And Mark, for you? You know, I'll start by saying I've never been a complete skeptic of any of this, but I certainly had some skepticism early on. But at the same time, energy work and energy in general and law of attraction, that stuff has been, I feel like, in me and in my head for all my life. Like, I think I've known I've, I've had some sort of connection 
but for whatever reason, I wasn't, maybe it was just lack of knowledge or understanding, but I wasn't allowing it to come out. And I think, again, from a lot of influence from my wife, it started happening and I started learning more about it and studying it and trying to understand it. And I'm at a point now where I think I've connected with it so much that I'm actually overwhelmed. You know, actually, I had written you a text when you were on vacation and I didn't want to bother you because you were on vacation. So I just, I saved it just to explain kind of where I was at. This was about a week or so ago. I said, I don't know how to explain it, except by saying, I feel like my vibration level is through the roof and I'm having a hard time processing it. It's almost like an overwhelming feeling. It feels good, but just super intense. I feel like I'm breaking through a fog. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I've broken through. It's just almost like an awakening type of feeling. So that's one of the things I want to kind of talk to you about today is to get your insight and feedback on, you know, what is this and how do I more or less harness it? Wow. Um, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, I didn't know that was what the text was. Yeah. And um, but that's so cool. And I, I think I mentioned something to you after you had said, like, you were getting those chills, mm-hmm. um, which was a completely separate, separate conversation, separate text. Mm-hmm. I And I shared this with Amy as well. Like, I've been preparing for this podcast for uh, how many years? Uh, 14 years, right? Mm-hmm. At the very least. Yeah. <laughs> probably my whole life. And I would say pro- that is true my whole life. And I've been moving the energy and I've been taking the classes and I've been working with people. And every time that I do a healing, I get a healing and more awareness and go deeper. And so this to me is a natural progression. And I, I commend both of you for raising your hand and saying you wanted to help me because the vibration that this podcast will hold will bring these awakenings for people. And it is my intention to have it be a podcast where the awakenings are gentle, um, yet joyous and helpful and brings happiness and connection and much more, but I've been prepared for this. So, (laughs) you know, and and, and, you know, Amy, I think this is a good place to really start. Although of course we're probably like what, 20 minutes in, but We should ask you a little bit so that the listeners that are here with us know your background a little bit, because this wasn't something necessarily, at least that you had figured out or harnessed early on. It was things that you, I know that you've told us you've had signs of it and you you understood something was going on, but why don't, let me ask you, what was your moment? When did you know this was something? You had a gift. Exactly. So back in 2006, I was really, really, really depressed. And um, that was really unlike me. That was uh, four years after teaching in the New York City public school system. And I felt like I had done everything I was supposed to do, like checked all the boxes, got my master's, got my undergrad, you know, was a good person, a good student, good child, everything. And I found myself with a failed relationship. I had to leave my job because I couldn't handle it anymore emotionally and physically for various reasons. I was working in one of the most dangerous schools in, well, I, for three years, I worked in one of the most dangerous schools. And then I transferred to another school hoping it would be better. And it wasn't. Mm. Um, (laughs) and that was another title one school, which also had its own issues. So I was stuck with like this feeling of like, what's next? Like, I don't know that I want what's next. And I was like, if I did everything right and I followed the rules and I got here, 
what do I do? And I wanted to give up. And it's hard for me to, to say it, but I, I was on Fifth Avenue in New York City and I thought about walking in front of a bus and ending it all because mm. I didn't know where to turn. I felt very alone. I felt very scared. I felt I didn't know what the plan was supposed to be. And in that moment, it's funny. So there was like that like surreal moment where I was watching myself and I was in myself, you know, all at the same time. And I remember saying to myself, what's going to happen next lifetime? Like, are you going to have to pay for this? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you do walk in front of this bus and then I was like, wait a second, I believe in other lifetimes. <laughs> if that's yeah. true, then like, I don't know if I want to do this because I don't know if I want to just jump into the same lifetime, you know, where I'm stuck back at the same point again, because I didn't work through my crap. Um, right. So I stepped back and that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what this whole lifetime thing is. Like, is there another lifetime? Am I going to come back? Am I going to be paying for it? Like, is there such thing as karma? And so all these questions is, were running through my head as I walked home. And I, I set on this journey of like, okay, if I know anything, I'm somebody who sees the bright side of things. I give it my all. You know, I do my best. I need to sort this out. So like I stepped back from life. I, I decided I was going to get rid of my teaching career because it wasn't working out. Like I was working in the New York city public school system and I just did not want to go into another school. Like it was too much drama. Like I already had switched schools that wasn't working. I had even been offered another job in another school. And I just was like, the thought of it just made me sick. So I knew I had to get a new job. I uh, was repairing myself from the past relationship. I had to get a new apartment. You know, there was a lot lot of circumstances. So I just kind of got centered and, and really paid attention to where I was directing my energy and made sure that it was in alignment with me and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I was like tired of pleasing other people. And it was all about me. And I had people come to me with some really deep stuff, like as a friend or a family member. And I was like, I'm sorry, but I'm in no position to be helping you right Mm -hmm. now. Like right now it's save Amy because I almost wasn't here. So I took the three months and I really got my head clear. Like I didn't drink, I exercised, I started eating really healthy. And I, and then I finally found meditation and that's when my gifts started opening up by accident. (laughs) (laughs) I never intended for them to open up. I just was using meditation as like a a stress relief Mm -hmm. because it it was recommended from actually my now partner in life. And it was kind of nuts because I was a science teacher beforehand and I believed all in like this, like left brain, everything is proven, you know, Yeah. Uh, yeah, you should see it if it's there, you know? And then all of a sudden I remember thinking, I think I can heal with my hands. And I was like, this is crazy. Like I've never even heard of anybody who said that before, nor did I even know that there was even a field where people could do that. I knew nothing about acupuncture, even though I had been like sick my whole life. And we'll get into why I was sick most of my life, but nobody had ever given me any alternative treatments to my knowledge. I mean, the only thing that was even slightly alternative was they said, stop drinking milk. Hmm. So <laughs> I, uh, I then dove into this like understanding of, of energy and medicine and energy medicine and like what heals the body and why, and what is vibration and all that. So that really just catapulted me from there. You were meditating two hours a day, right? Yeah. So I, I started out at 15 minutes. I was very scared to start meditating uh, because of what I would hear in my head. Mm. And I was right to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was more boring than it was anything else. But, you know, hearing uh, your own thoughts, you're like, wow, I really need to do something about my life. I really need to 
address these things that aren't working for me. Right. Cause you hear them over and over again and you're like, gosh, you're so boring. Like, or you're so mean to yourself. Like let's change these. So I started noticing thoughts and learning about the process of slowing down those thoughts, taking a look at them, seeing if I could do something about them seeing if they were important or not seeing if they were even true, seeing if I wanted to keep them, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, you know, we have these beliefs. I remember back then I was like, well, I have my master's degree. I'm supposed to be a teacher. So then my, my cap of, of making money is uh, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. And I was like, well, that's a dumb thought to have. Why would I ever right. put even any cap? Like who, who said I needed to have a cap on anything? Right. So I was like, okay, that will be one of those things that leaves, you know? Um, and it was just little by little whittling away of like, who made me think that, or where did I get that? Right. Do I want to believe that? Right. And then These learning that process. What we call the agreements, right? These yeah, like agreements right? and like rules what? that you've learned and taught yourself that you have to basically assess each of them and be like, does this make sense? I learned, right. I learned from somebody that I'm taking some courses with, Jim Quick. What he likes to say is your BS, your belief system. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I like, I like that a lot. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it really can be, uh, BS. Uh, Most of Mm -hmm. it is, you know, until you start getting conscious about it and, and recognizing what's in there. And so the more that I did it, the more that I loved it and I felt better. And I was like, wow, this is actually changing my life. I feel better. I, I even looked better. I got healthier. I started getting off some of the medicines that I was supposed to be on for the rest of my life. And worked my way up to two hours. And then when I started doing my healing practice, it was like five hours at a time or six hours at a time. Yeah. So, um, I, yeah, meditation is absolutely key for transformation in my opinion, uh, because it really lets you find out what's going on in your head, you know, and, and that's the best place to start in my opinion. That was one area that I definitely was resistant And when I hear you say even two hours, I'm like, whoa, how could I ever do two hours? Uh, I would love to get there. But it's one of those things where, again, it was my BS where I just thought, oh, that's not for me. I can't ever do that. And what I learned was to kind of, in my own head, redefine or reword the word meditation. I just told myself, you're just going to take a minute or two, that's how I started, to clear my head. Instead of saying I'm meditating, I'm just clearing my head. And I just worked slowly at that. And, you know, I can do it now, certainly nothing like you, but I could probably do it now for like 15 minutes. And I'm just going to continue to build it. And again, it was just a matter of telling my brain, it's not meditation. You're just clearing your head. Now I call it meditation because I get it. But it's still a struggle. And I've had to work at letting go of the fact that Lots of things keep running through my head and I try to just push them away gently and acknowledge them and move on. Right. But it is a process. It's definitely a process. And Mark has noticed that he he likes to do things the right way. And if he doesn't do it the right way and it's de- he deviates from what you're supposed to do, he feels like it's not working or it's not going to work. And so I think that's about it too. Everybody says you meditate, meditate, and you feel like you have to do this perfect, like can't think of anything and and I'm practicing too. And I it's a practice, right? You're constantly practicing it, but I usually do no more than 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to work up too. But I think it's really just being aware of your thoughts when they come up and just being aware of what they are and being like, okay, that's interesting. Let me just put that aside and let me try and refocus on my breathing. But it's okay to have other thoughts come in your mind. It doesn't ruin your whole practice. Right. I would love to find out who started that rumor that you're not supposed to have any thoughts. Like that's not meditation. Meditation is actually the awareness of your thoughts and what you want to keep and like the ability to, I I always say it's like rewinding a tape uh, or like you're watching a video and then you can like pull it in front of you and take a look at what was that thought like. 
Do I want to keep it? Do I want to change it? Do I want to, you know, I don't even know. Deconstruct it. I don't know. Like there's so much information in those thoughts and people just miss that opportunity if they're thinking, okay, I got to think of nothing. It's like, that's impossible. Right. 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 I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. The first step is being aware of the thought. That's right. Just being aware of your thought is the first step. Then you can change it. You can do whatever you want with it. But Mm -hmm. that's what I try and tell people. But Amy, tell, tell me, because I've heard bits and pieces. Tell me... There is some, what some people may say, crazy crap that goes on with you that just acknowledges (laughs) that you have this connection with energy. I mean, just simply put, you know, I think you told me one time there, you were like walking under a a light post outside and each one would turn on as you walked by or something like that. Yeah. So that was in college. So it's so interesting. Um, there have been so many things that have been so weird over time. So that that happened in college and everybody, all my roommates and people on my floor who we were going out with would be like, that's really funny. And he walks under lights and they turn on. There's just... <laughs> I mean, I don't like to brag. So, you know, it sounds like bragging, but I'm just telling stories. I'm asking. Yeah, I'm asking. Yeah, I know. You're asking, right? So, so one time, this was a funny story. Um, I was out in Colorado with my friends, all my spiritual friends, and we were uh, celebrating a 40th birthday and we were going down a mountain and there was this guy that was stranded and he was a hippie guy and he was living in this like really old 1970s truck and he couldn't get it started. Mm. And so like I'm coming down and it's in my, my car and we try to jump it with my car. That is like a great car, very reliable, very strong powered, and it wouldn't jump his car. So I look at the guy and I say, can I have your keys? Okay. (laughs) Why? What are you going to do with it? I'm like, just trust me. And he was like, whatever. So I grabbed the keys and I used my own energy to jump his car. Wow. And (laughs) you should have seen his face and (laughs) all my friends who were in the, in my car waiting screamed because they they knew that I had this capacity to do this. And so anyway, that's just one funny example. of Crazy. Yeah. yeah, What's funny is, is is that it'll jumpstart the car, but then I get really thirsty. I'm not sure the connection, but um, I've done this before (laughs) Mm. and, and I tend to actually really break electronics pretty quickly if I'm not careful, wow. especially when I first started discovering energy. So, I mean, the thing was, is it like it started out as like seeing things and knowing things and like that didn't make sense that I could do that. And and then seeing the energy on people and I never really see colors, but I see darkness you know, like dots or floating energy or things like that around them. And it was little by little, like adding up all these things. And then eventually, you know, people from the other side started coming through. And that was scary because I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do with that or how to do that or how to shut it off. Didn't you go to your mom and say something to your mom about it? And you're like, mom, you know. Yeah. So I was meditating one day and um, I all of a sudden my eyes started burning and I was thinking of my twin sister. And so then I opened my eyes and then it went away and I closed my eyes and my eyes started burning again. So I was like, okay, so Sarah was the last thing I was thinking of. Let me give her a call. So I called Sarah, my twin sister. And I said, Hey, how are you doing? And she was like, I'm, uh, life sucks. Basically I have a double pink eye infection. And I was like, and I was like, Oh my God, I knew that. She's like, did mom tell you? And I was like, no. And I, and I don't know why I knew this or how this is happening. So then the next day, the same thing happened. I was thinking of my dad and my tooth started hurting really badly. And I was like, what is that all about? 
And I was like, who was I thinking of? And it was my dad. So I, I called my mom and I was like, hey, mom, how is dad? And she's like, oh, he's at the dentist right now. Last night, he bit down on a walnut and broke his tooth. <laughs> wow. And I was like, I think I know which tooth. Can you tell me which one yeah. it is? <laughs> oh, um, so, so little by little, like these crazy things were happening that I just never should have known these things yeah. or synchronicities were happening. I mean, it just blew me away time after time after time. And then I became really engaged and really curious about how all this was happening. And so that's why I've taken these courses, moved the energy, continue to follow my passion. Is this something, does anybody else like your twin sister or anybody else in your family have any kind of connection like this, like you do? I do believe that everybody can do this. I think it's just a matter of training um, and, mm-hmm. and focus and wanting to do it. Though my twin sister says that she has some of these abilities, like she some weird things have happened for her. And my mom, as soon as I told my mom, like I waited a long time to tell my mom that these things were happening. And she was like, oh, that, that used to happen to me all the time. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, thanks for telling me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could have used this like six months ago when I thought I was crazy. Right. But, you know, it's interesting how things happen because I had come out of the closet many years earlier. And so I knew about that process of like figuring things out, waiting until you were ready and then sharing it. And then coming out of the closet, like spiritually, like I had to come out to my mom and be like, okay, so you know how you were out shopping with Sam, you know, yesterday for the prom? Well, your mother was there and she said that she saw this, that, and the other thing. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what was happening. You know, we were deciding between those two dresses and those two shoes and the, you know, so that was kind of interesting, but I, that was sort of like my coming out to my mom about this. And then she was like, you know, I, I was able to do that, but I had to shut mm. it down when you were, cause she was taking care of six kids. So she couldn't, be engaged and you know all this stuff things she didn't that... have time for anybody else <laughs> yeah no that's absolutely true live or dead no <laughs> yeah right exactly um it, it definitely takes a lot of focus and a lot of trust and a lot of um i mean trust is really the best thing to, to say i mean because it was scary at times i'm not kidding like i i definitely um had some visits that i was just like this is not fun but then i learned um <laughs> how you know from from friends who came across my path at the right time and said you know this is what you need to do in order to keep that from happening. You have to like so set I, boundaries, right? You have to set boundaries. Right, for- set boundaries for sure. Yeah. And so, so over, over the course of the 14 years that I've been deeply in this spiritual path, I've just picked up so many tools that I want to share with people. Well, let's talk about one of those tools because the name of this podcast is Ophelia. Obviously, I think everybody knows by now there's nobody in this room named Ophelia, <laughs> at least at least not speaking through not these visible. microphones. So let's talk about, because I think it's really interesting how you got there, how you decided that this would be the name of the podcast. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Well, the truth of the matter is that um, I wanted to do this podcast, but I had no idea what to call it. And for whatever reason, Stark Transformation wasn't it or Amy Stark podcast. Right. <laughs> you wanted to do that. Right. Um, so I was brushing my teeth and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be interviewing people like Oprah and like Dr. Phil. I work with people about their emotions. And then I was like, Ophelia. And then I was like, oh, Ophelia. And then I was like, I wonder what that means. And so sure enough, Ophelia means helper. The name means helper. And I was like, yes, that's what I am. I'm a helper. I'm help, I help people to find who they really are mm-hmm. underneath all of this trauma or, you know, that they've experienced and all these, all their know, BS. Progr- yeah. All the programs that they receive, right. you know, the belief system that they've created that they didn't really want. And th- that's what I do is I help people. And then I started to connect with this energy called Ophelia, which is a, um, 
a goddess who actually helps people with emotions. So when I, when I researched that, I was like, wow, this is all so amazing how it's just adding up. You know, Mm -hmm. this is exactly the type of energy that I want the podcast to hold is this loving, nurturing goddess energy where people can come and they can learn about the techniques that I teach everybody. And because I I don't want it just to be under lock and key. I mean, everybody should have access to these things. I think the reason why so many of us are chronically ill is because we don't have this information out there. And if we wait for like the textbooks to catch up, it'll be forever. I mean, in 2006, I picked up the biology of belief, which really talks about how the body is just energy because I was a science teacher. So I needed that evidence that like I wasn't crazy, that there was a connection here between, you know, the physical body and energy and what I was seeing, what I was experiencing. That was in 2006. Do you think it's in any of the textbooks today? Right. Right. No. 14 years later? No. No. Because you know why? Is because they're so scared because it it challenges this, this idea of the way that we've been doing science. There's just so much that it's challenging that they're so reluctant to embrace it. So guess what? (laughs) I embrace it. And I'm telling you all, because if we wait for the books, it's just not going to come out unless Mm -hmm. you like find the, and that's the textbooks. I mean, people are writing books about this all the time and talking about it, but here I have picked up all these pieces and, and about how like important the mind is and our thoughts and our energy and, and how it's creating our body and maybe the illnesses that we have and the life that we're leading, whether it's the one that we want or not, and how to reverse engineer all of that so that we can have the life that we want. And you've talked about the different tools that you've learned and that you teach. And I know that, at least I'm guessing, that one of your favorites is EFT, is tapping. Emotional freedom technique. And I'll tell you, that's been one of... I I hate using the word or the phrase hang up, but... You've been resistant I've to it. I've been resistant to it, probably for the same reasons I was resistant to meditation. It was unfamiliar to me. It was just something I wasn't sure of. And and when you did some work with me when I was going through a, a high anxiety time in my life, I didn't get comfortable with it. But it's something I want to get into now. I think I'm ready for it now. But why don't you also share with everybody more about tapping and, and what it can do for you? The reason why I love tapping is because it is this transformational tool that accesses the energy that's in your body and the emotions that are stuck along with it and releases them and and gives you this path to rewriting the story in Mm -hmm. in your life. And I know a lot of people are resistant to tapping. In fact, I was myself probably, let's say seven years ago. I I thought, oh my God, that's silly. It's too much going on. You know, like I can't remember the steps or whatever, but I wrote actually a blog about this because it really truly is no more than just, you know, when you first got your iPhone or whatever, Android, whatever phone Mm -hmm. you have, you know, you fumbled a little bit, but then you realize like, this is way better than carrying around a camera, carrying around a wallet, carrying around, you know, everything, your, your computer with your email, you know, like it just became this like device that was just this one stop kind of thing. And, and that's what I feel like EFT is. It, it, It has so many different aspects to it that it incorporates, that it's just like this beautiful, sophisticated technology that we can use to change our lives and our bodies. So how does one go about doing it and explain that to us? EFT is a, um, a energy-based protocol. So we're going to be tapping on the body. So we tap on different meridians, 
we tap on the spots essentially where energy is stored. So like I have this ability to be able to see where energy is stored. And, and Amy definitely has seen this. When I work with her, I'll say, go here because I can feel that if you go here, this is about linking the mind and the body. And here you just pointed to your lip. Um, uh, yeah, lip. I'm pointing underneath my nose or like here under the eye is where there's control energy, you know, and that's where that information is stored. And it's kind of like, it's just like a traffic jam right there. And by tapping on it, you're releasing it or moving it out of that spot. I always tell people it's similar, like there's different ways to move energy. Some people move energy through acupuncture, which is people put needles in meridians and then you can move energy through tap. Anybody can move energy energy through tapping. And then you also have, Amy has the ability to actually move it with her. With my hands. Yeah, and it it reminds me of, along those lines, it reminds me of if physically, if you have like a knot in your back, Amy, my wife, she's always, I got this knot in my back. Can you rub on it? You know, and it's an area that you're kind of pushing in and and caressing so that it goes away. So it kind of reminds me, tapping reminds me of that same kind of thing. Sure. And and getting a massage is the same, you know, same thing. Like you're moving the energy, but you're also moving the tissue. Mm -hmm. I, I focus on the energy aspect of it. And then the tissue responds and and the rest of the body responds as well right. because energy is actually one of the fastest ways to change the body. Perfect example. A lot of people are like energy, you know, I don't even believe in that. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like I'll go through an example of like how you can see energy without seeing it. So when we have, let's say a headache, we take medicine and it takes about 20 minutes because our body has to break down the chemicals and digest it and send it to all the, uh, the cells. So that's a chemical signal. And an energetic signal would be when we see something that is dangerous or we're afraid of, our whole body reacts immediately. The entire body is engaged. The heart starts pounding. The lungs maybe start breathing differently. The eyes may dilate. The palms might sweat. You might start running. You might be in one second a block away from where you were without even realizing it. That is energy. Mm -hmm. That is when the whole body is communicating through an energetic signal. Wow. So when, when I do energy work, I'm accessing a component of that, right? Like, so I'm working with the, the energy or the communication that's happening within the body. And I've just really tuned my body to be able to recognize that energy and see what's in there. Because for instance, I just remember this one time when I was working on somebody and it was sort of like, I felt like I could heal with my hands. And then all of a sudden the information started coming when I would touch the energy that was stuck. So I remember working with this lady and she had uh, apparently been, been divorced. I didn't know that at the time. And I could see that the energy wasn't moving out of her arm and I tuned into it and it said 12 years ago, she had a divorce and that energy Mm. was moving. Oh, this brings me to another really cool example. Um, Oh my gosh. This is another time where I I was like, whoa. (laughs) this, this is crazy. And it had my partner who, um, she believes in all the things that I do and she believes in energy and it's just not her thing really to study it the way that I do. Sure. She's more into biohacking, which is cool too. So we, we, we talk about that, but I was working on her. She had recently had a relationship that had ended as well. And, and I happened to be doing energy work on her. And I realized there was like a plate of armor over her chest. I had never seen this before. And it was lighting up glitzy <laughs> and indicated the woman that she had previously been with. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So I decided to remove that energy. And I, where I had been working was in this like spare room that we had that had steps that were going downstairs to the next level. 
I lifted this armor up in a specific way and I moved it off her body and it was actually energetically heavy. Like I remember my arm shaking and it, there was nothing there, but it was heavy. And so I'm moving it and I, I lean over where the staircase is and I just drop it onto the staircase and it probably would have fallen four steps, five steps down. And it went, and she and I heard it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that was when I went, <gasps> like, oh my God, <laughs> what was that? And she was like, what was that? And I was like, I'll explain later. And now when I clear energy, when I'm laying in my bed, <laughs> I can almost hear it ricochet off of um, my my furniture Whoa. in my room. It's funny. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. crazy. So for some reason, somehow it is real and it transfers and it hits things and makes these noises. So I'm not I'm not you know surprised. It's at a different anymore. frequency. Yeah. So anyway, so all this information, there are all this energy that's stuck has information. And that's when, you know, my progress through over the years was like, okay, so that has information, but like, why is that important? What do I do with that? So that's when, you know, the EFT came along and I was like, oh, we can access that information and that energy and that trauma, and we can talk about it and release it through that way. And then there's other ways obviously, of doing that, but that's one of them. Let me ask you now for people that are going to be listening every week, they're going to be hearing stories. Some of people's personal stories are, is going to really resonate with the listener. Some of it may not be something that they're going through, or it just might remind them of something similar. My question is, we've said here that you can get healed just by listening to one of your healing sessions. But what if somebody wants to take it to the next level? They haven't connected yet with you. You know, I know you're going to invite people to inquire about maybe coming on and and working with you on this podcast, but what can someone do? You know, they may not know what meridian should I be tapping at what time because I'm feeling this way instead of that way. What can they do to self-heal by using tapping? Right. Uh, so I, I really start with everything at like an elementary level. I say, do what feels good. Go where you want to go. If you feel more comfortable following a protocol, do that. If you feel more comfortable bopping around your body or even picking some new spots. Um, my son always likes to go on the top of his hand. And I've seen other kids do that too. Mm-hmm. And they seem to like it. So I'm like, who am I to tell you what your body needs? You right. Know? Right. When I feel so, like sometimes if I'm in the car, I'm feeling anxious, which I have not felt recently. Very grateful. But I, in my chest, I feel like anxiousness in my chest. So I'll just tap on my chest if I'm feeling anxious and I'll just... Yeah. And I incorporated that into what I teach people is this point on the chest, because it just felt so necessary to include that. Like one, there's the thymus that's right there. So you're helping to move the lymph node or the lymph through the body. And two, like it's right where the heart chakra is. And you're kind of just like saying, Hey, I remember you. I love you. I'm here. You know, that kind of Mm -hmm. um, reminder it is the organizer of the whole body, the heart, the heart space, the energy of the heart is the strongest in the body and it contains so much information and it really needs so much love and attention and love and attention is the best way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) We, we tend to forget that how important that is. And we'll also in the show notes for this episode, we will put a link to how you have taught people the technique I believe you have a video and you have some, uh, some visuals, some photo stills explaining it as well. So we'll link to that in our show notes so that everybody can get a better idea of how they can apply this for themselves whenever they want to. Absolutely. Yeah. So just to wrap it up about EFT, I mean, 
you're saying I love and accept myself um, yeah. throughout the the tapping. So you're tapping and saying, you know, I love and accept this thing about myself that I want to change. And if you don't feel comfortable saying that, you can change those words. But really, you want to try to be as kind to yourself as possible. So I've seen people say, I'm willing to believe that I'm a good person, or I am a good person, or I like myself, or I'm willing to like myself, anything along those lines that is um, loving towards the self is important. Should we go through a technique as a sample, all three of us? You want to lead? I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think it'd be a good example just to say, like you did one on snakes, if I'm scared of snakes. Yeah, um, I've totally done that. I used to have a fear of snakes, a really bad fear of snakes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I definitely can do that. Um, And anybody that listens along can just replace it with whatever, if they have a fear of crossing bridges or flying airplanes. I will say one thing is one of my very dear friends was scared of flying for years. Yeah. Petrified. I sat on a plane with her four months before she met with you and she was hysterically crying and very scared from the turbulence. I had her meet with you the day before she left for spring break with her family and she took fear of flying classes. She's gone to years of therapy. She met with you. I think it was like an hour and you did EFT and moved energy and she went on the plane the next day and did not shed a tear. And was fine. She was more scared that she wasn't scared. Right. She thought she still should be scared, but she it's said an unusual positive. feeling for her. Yeah. She she's like, I don't understand, but I'm. She said positive affirmations to herself the whole time. She was able to use the tools that she learned in therapy and that he would taught her. And now she travels by herself. Right. I think she said when she used to be afraid of flying, she was you know her anxiety level was at a ten, and then the next day after one session with Amy, when she got on that plane, I think she said it was like a three. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of how fast this can transform your life. Like I don't joke. I don't, I'm not over exaggerating how much this really can change your life and, and how I've seen it really change people's lives. Like she was not taking trips all the time. Right. You know, she yeah. was being offered to go places and she would say, no, I can't because it, you know, the Correct. fear of flying just kept her from it. Correct. And, and I see that a lot with people and that's why they end up on my my doorstep, you know, for help is because it really is impacting greatly their lives. And they realize like, it's silly. That's not what they want. They don't want to be in that position anymore. Right. Okay. So show us how to get rid of it. So we'll do one round Mm -hmm. of EFT, but I I definitely want to take the time to really go into all the ways in which EFT uh, works because there's definitely some scientific research behind why this works, how this works. And I think that the the listeners would really be interested in that because I I know for me, it it does look so silly. So it helps to have, you know, a reason, real scientific reason for why you're doing this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we can hear all the anecdotal stories that we want, but a lot of times we just need that concrete evidence. Right. Yeah. So, okay. I like to start off with a big, deep breath. It helps to get you centered sometimes you need to do another one so i often use uh eft to just regulate my body in the way way that i want so i want it to calm down so it's what's interesting about our our brain and our body is that it doesn't know the difference between something that's happening or something that we're thinking about Mm -hmm. if we're thinking about a snake and we see a snake in real life, those are the same reaction in the body if we're afraid of it. Right. So that can work for us. 
we can really learn how to use that skill so that we can envision ourselves, let's say, giving a talk and then tap, then we'll be in alignment, you know, when we give that talk in the way that we want to be. So what we're going to do is we're going to think about a snake. We're going to activate our neural network in our body and brain. We're going to allow our body to get fearful for a moment. So pick whatever it is that you're afraid of that you really want to change in your life. So we're going to take another deep breath in and out. So that is now highlighted in our body, meaning the neural network and in the body. And we're going to begin tapping by tapping on the outside of our hand. So uh, right where the fatty part is below the pinky. So I like to start there because that's the heart meridian. And like I said before, it's the organizer of the field. And it really is important to release any trauma that we have stored up from here. So take another deep breath in and out. I'm going to say, even though, even though I have this fear of snakes, I have this this fear fear of snakes, snakes. I deeply love and accept myself, deeply love and accept myself, even though I am so afraid of snakes, even Even though though I'm so so afraid afraid of snakes and I act act absolutely ridiculous (laughs) and I I act act absolutely absolutely ridiculous. I would run as fast as I could and jump as high. I mean, it was ridiculous. Was, I think uh, I would too if I ever yeah, was around right. a snake. I'm just doing this because I think that it will work. Yeah, will I work. actually okay. started hyperventilating when when it fell down in one of our window wells, and I actually <laughs> had never seen myself lose my mind, and that was that was the time that I lost my mind. Wow. Um, yeah. So now I'm like, okay, there's a snake. All right, mm-hmm. let's keep moving. Yeah. I'm not like, hey, let me give it a hug, but um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I certainly am not hysterical. Um, so anyway, so let's, uh, keep tapping, take a deep breath in and out. And we're going to go to the top of the head. So this is right in the middle of the head. A lot of times this can be sore for people because it's just a lot of energy that gets trapped there. So if it hurts, just go lighter or don't even touch the skin. This is energy. So we don't need to really touch the body. So take another deep breath in and out. And we're going to say, even though, even though, I'm really scared of snakes. I'm really Really scared scared of snakes. snakes. And I learned it from, let's say for me, it was my mom. So you say, I learned it from mom. And I learned learned it from from mom, mom, which is true for me too. Yeah. I deeply love and accept myself. I deeply deeply love love and accept accept myself. myself. Hey, Mark, did you feel that um, coming off your chest and throat? Yep. Yep. (laughs) So what I heard was when I, when, when that energy was moving off of his chest and his heart, by the way, he is probably 2000 miles away. We should probably Google like from me to you. Yeah. Yeah. It probably Um, is around that. Right now our energy is entangled so I can feel what he's feeling. And so I could feel when that those blocks are coming off of his heart space and his throat, that it was anger that he had been given this program and he didn't want it. So take a deep breath in and out. So I would urge Mark to like, maybe look at uh, that more deeply than I would urge anybody who's listening to say, okay, like how has this really impacted my, my life being afraid of snakes? Like I, when I go to the zoo, I don't get to go into this room for Mark. I felt like it was like a boy scout or like a, a boy's thing where like you felt like you weren't tough or something around a bunch of guys Mm -hmm. um, when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. So like you didn't mean, what, how would you put it? Like look like a girl or scream like a girl. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. As far as a snake incident, there's one in particular that I remember. And I just remember quietly being scared and kind of 
you know, hanging back while everybody else was going and trying to play with it. Okay. So, right. So you, you felt like they might notice or right. you might be outed right. that you were afraid of snakes. Right. right. So, so that's something that's important energy to tap on because that memory is stored within the body and your body is now asking to release that layer. So, let's and it's funny because out. in general with snakes, I actually, for a short period of time, even had one as a pet and I wasn't scared of it. Well, I actually was. That's why I got rid of it. Um, because I was scared it was going to come out in the middle of the night and slither into my bed or something. But it's more of the wild snakes. You know, if I'd come across one walking through the woods, then I'm terrified. Right. So get let's get more clear about that. Like, why is that terrifying? Is it because it comes out of nowhere and it's out of your control? Because I know that. Yes, there's some things, because yeah. even with things like I remember once years ago, we had a mouse problem in our house and I'm not scared of mice. But when I saw one run by, I was terrified <laughs> yeah. of it terrifying. Right. So that's an important thing to look at because knowing Mark, Mark is very meticulous. He's very right, wrong, right? Mm -hmm. He was mentioning that earlier. So when things come out of left field and they aren't put in one category, they aren't, they aren't as you are expecting. It can really disrupt your whole programming and really cause you to like either disassociate, check out or freak out. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so fight, flight, freeze. Yeah. So like now we want to go back to our tapping and we want to use this information that we just talked on. Every time we talk, once we're in this session, it, the, the tapping session, it really helps to move the energy. Mm -hmm. So let's take a deep breath in and out. And we're going to go on the inner eyebrow, okay. which is kind of perfect because anger would be something that would come up when things happen that are unexpected. We can get angry, right? Because yeah. we wanted it to be one way and it's another way. So let's take a deep breath in and out. We're going to say, even though, even though, even though I feel angry when things don't go the way that I expect. I feel, I feel angry, angry when, when things, things don't, don't go the way, the way I expect. expect. Whoa. Did you feel that going down the back of your uh, spine? I do right your, now. Yeah. <laughs> the, the back of your head. So where that energy was coming from is actually the fight or flight spot. So um, a lot of energy will get congested in there and I, I could feel it being released and flowing down the back of your spine. So take a deep breath in and out. Even though. Even though. I hate when things don't go the way that I'm expecting. I hate when things don't go the way I'm expecting. Whoa. <laughs> Did you feel that in your jaw and your throat coming out? It's weird. I got like a tingling itchiness around my around lips my and, my, <laughs> and my chin. Yeah. Yeah. So take a deep breath in and out. See how a fear of snakes is actually related to this much larger network right. of things coming out uh, that we're not aware of happening. Right. right? So it ha comes back to control. So let's take a deep breath in and out. So let's go. I want to go. Okay. So this is a perfect example of where we're supposed to be going to the outer eye, mm -hmm. but I really want to go to the under the eye because this is where control is. Oh, Amy's yawning. She's moving her energy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Amy. Thanks. So let's just go under the eye because I don't feel like wasting time. <laughs> Though you can go to the outer eye if, if you're tapping right now. So we're going to say, even though, even though I really like to have control of my circumstances, I really like to have control of my circumstances. I deeply love and accept myself. I deeply love and accept myself. 
we forgot to take measurements actually in the beginning of like how much of a fear we have. So I apologize. Normally we would say I have a fear of at a 10 or a nine Mm -hmm. or whatever, and then we're going to watch it go down. So let's take a deep breath in and out. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go under the nose. So we're going to be linking up the mind and body here. And we're going to say, even though I have this fear of snakes, even though I have this fear of snakes, can you feel how um, right there, in that moment, it's kind of separated itself. So it's yes. gone from, from being the sphere of snakes. You, that's one thing. And you're like, I'll deal with that. But really I want to deal with this, this mm-hmm. control, this need for control. Take a deep breath in and out. Even though, Even though I have this need for control. I have this need for control. And I don't like it. And I don't like it. Do you feel that in your throat? You almost want to like gag or <coughs> go like that. Yeah. I have to clear it. <clears throat> yeah, take <clears throat> Good. Um, a lot of times throughout this podcast, you will hear me making some very funny noises. It's just me moving energy. You yawn a lot, which is moving energy or cough and things like that. Yeah. I'll even sound like I'm throwing up almost because you Um, really do get those sensations. Like when you, you, you feel the energy that's stuck with us, right? Yeah. 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 I'm mirroring you guys and I'm just helping to bring about awareness of where things are. So let's, um, drop down to below the lip, the lower lip. So where the chin is. So let's take a deep breath in and out, even though, even though ooh, there's some heartbreak coming up around this. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm seeing actually that scene again around the snake and you feeling different from your friends and that heartbreak of they're them, I'm me mm-hmm. and we're separate. Mm-hmm. And that's not, a, that's not actually true. When we really dive deep, we are actually all energetic beings and we're all, you know, connected and, and I'm sure your friends probably don't even remember that moment. Right. And they weren't yeah. thinking Mark's different from us and we don't like him and all that, but that's the story you were telling yourself. Right. So right now you're, you're in the process of releasing that grief. So let's take a deep breath in and out. So even though I felt that grief, even though I felt that grief, that sadness, that sadness, that I was different from them, that I was different from them. Oh, do you want to cough or anything? <coughs> no, but I'm getting those chills again. <laughs> that I described okay. earlier. Yeah, good. Um, take a deep breath in and out. And Mark, I want to go to the K27 one. So right underneath the collarbone. So there's two dots um, and you can either use two hands or you can use one. And you can make a C um, with your hand if you'd like. And you say, even though. Even though. I've had this fear of snakes. I've had this fear of snakes. For a long time. For a long time. I deeply love and accept myself. I deeply love and accept myself. Even though I have this fear of snakes. Even though I have this fear of snakes. And I absolutely hate it. And I absolutely hate it. I deeply love and accept myself. I deeply love and accept myself. Good. Take a deep breath in and out. Good. And Mark, I'm I'm getting that you really need to ground yourself. So um, I want you to envision roots growing out of the bottoms of your feet. Your feet are wanting to really connect with the Mm -hmm. earth to help release this. That's where a lot of my chills are. Again, it's all through my legs to my feet. Yeah. So um, I'm seeing your your, uh, chakras on the bottom of your feet are really starting to open up and wanting to connect with the earth and release what we're releasing right now. Mm -hmm. So take a deep breath in and out. We'll get more into grounding and why grounding is important and how to do it and things like that. You need to sit with my grounding mat. Yeah. Or go outside and bare feet. Yeah. Take a deep breath in and out. 
I'm wanting to go to the hand. So let's go to the hand just for a moment and then we'll go back to. So this the, is that spot again up under the pinky. Yep, it is. So even though. Even though. I have all these feelings. I have all these feelings. And I feel confused at times. And I feel confused at times. Frustrated at times. Frustrated at times. Frustrated with myself. And frustrated with myself. I still love and accept myself. I still love and accept myself. Good. Take a deep breath in and out. Okay. I feel a yawn coming on. Let's go to um, the liver and spleen points. So they're like where if a woman was wearing a bra, that's where you'd go. Um, It's underneath the armpit, but like a little bit lower down. And sometimes uh, or oftentimes this is sore. So Mm -hmm. that just... Is it sore for you? It's, yeah, it's sender. It's uh, tender. It's sensitive. It's sender. I like that. It's sender. <laughs> um, even though, even though. Um, I have all this worry and anger around control. I have all this worry and anger around control. I still love and accept myself. I still love and accept myself. Did you feel like a hug coming in there? Like uh, like a warm mm-hmm. warmness in your heart, like that you're, everything's going to be okay? Yeah. Yeah, good. So you're just saying, even though I have this thing that I do and I don't want to be doing it, I still love myself. Like I'll work through it. I'll get through it. Everything's going to be okay. I don't have to be perfect. Ooh, feel that. Take a deep breath in and out. That's coming off your chest too. That's a tightness that I feel. So let's say breathe through that. When we breathe, we tell our bodies that we're okay. Like a deep breath in and out. So Mark, I'm just going to have you um, take a deep breath in and out. And I want you to pull all this energy that you like, let's say you're accumulating on the outside of your field and kind of just bring it up and then flush it down. Good. I see it going down the back of your spine. Good. I'm going to do a little bit of energy work just to finish you out with a more rounded energy field. And I would urge people just to keep tapping on this and work through as their number goes down, keep going until they get to a one. So we didn't do it exactly right because this is more than one issue. So this is why EFT is so great. It helps you get connected with what's really the energy behind the energy, right? Mm -hmm. So like you have this fear of snakes, but it's like, where did that come from? Well, it came from your mom, but also came from this need for control, not liking surprise, liking things to be black or white or predictable this fear of, you know, not being perfect. So like, there's more in there. There's a lot of great things to be working on. And that's where EFT really comes in. You can just tap on all those things. Right. So usually um, they recommend, you know, the experts recommend about an hour of tapping, but if you're really intentional, I don't think it needs to be that long. And I also know lots of moms who do it in the shower or do it Mm. when they're driving, you know, at a stoplight or even sometimes they'll be driving and they'll just be tapping. Right, also I'll just tap on nose. my chest or underneath my nose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it just helps us to get centered and checked in and processing the feelings that we're having. Right. Good job, Mark. Thank what you. What do you think? I feel relaxed. I feel really yeah. relaxed. Yeah. And I still have, have that tingling thing goes crazy when I'm doing these sorts of things. It's really weird. I'll tell you, um, I, when I first started meditating, it was bizarre for me because I thought I had bugs in my hair every single time <laughs> because my crown chakra would open up and I would get so much tingling that it oh would feel goodness. like there were like, bugs like in my hair. Or, and I, uh, 
I know I was, I was convinced. I mean, I would, I would go to my friends and say, please look through my hair because I feel that there's bugs in there, but it would go away when I would stop meditating. So I knew there was something that wasn't adding up, That's Yeah, crazy. but I still needed that confirmation right. of like, no, like there aren't bugs in there. Yeah. Right? <laughs> uh, I've heard of other people experiencing a similar sensation and whole body chills are usually a indication that you're on the right path. It's like a full body hit. Like, um, that's what we call it as being a psychic, you know, like that the information is accurate. Right. So pay attention to that. That's a really great signal for you. That's Mm -hmm. your signal. And and that's really what this is all about is learning your own path, your own way of communicating with your higher self Mm -hmm. or your guides or however you want to look at it. There isn't one way I'm sharing my way and what I did and how I discovered things and how I stayed consistent and curious. And that's what I I would want for everybody else who's listening to the podcast is to follow their own path. But these are some tools that I find, find not only do they work with me, but I've seen that they work for other people. Right. So it's, it's, it's nothing different than everything else, you know, you talk about in life. It's just, you know, everybody's different. There's not two people that are the same and everyone's going to do things in their own way. And that, applies to this energy work just the same. Right. Sure. Except for we're all energetic. <laughs> yes. And one thing I, I think it's important for people to realize too, and, and that Amy takes on all this energy. So you actually have to clear other people's energy. You take all this, you know, you feel. Our right. So after, about. after we get off the podcast, I will definitely clear my energy um, because otherwise I'll be walking around with some information from you and some information right. from Amy. And even I might even start picking up some information from some of the listeners and thinking that it's my own. And that's what happened to me early on. So I learned that without a doubt, I need to clear myself. And that is how I know that it's Mark who's experiencing these things because I know what my body feels like and my body wasn't experiencing that prior to. So I clear myself before a session and after so that I have this like total clarity of who I am and how I feel and what's going on with my own body. Right. And that's something I definitely think that you should share in a later session is how people can clear that energy. Cause me being an empath, I take on other people's energy and I might be feeling their energy versus mine. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely linked to chronic illness, Mm -hmm. being super energetically sensitive and not being able to clear other people's energy out of their space. I mean, it can even manifest as symptoms that are not even theirs. Like, as I was saying, you know, my tooth hurting and my eyes hurting, but even more so, it's just an energy signal that's confusing to the body. It's irritating. It turns on the fight or flight. Like I know when somebody's in my space because I get very impatient. I feel um, like my fuse is short. Like I, um, I'm just like, what is that like noise or whatever? You're like, right. all of a sudden at this breaking point, you're like, oh, it's just make it stop. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's just not, you know, somebody else's energy in my space. I just need to clear my energy. That happens to me with one of my friends. That's where we let our guard down is usually around our friends and around our family. But um, the more that we practice clearing our energy and doing EFT and getting clear with who we are, the quicker we realize that, oh, that's not mine, and then clear it and then re um, fill in with our own energy so that we are safe, you know, feeling safe. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys um, for doing this podcast and, um, and sharing your wisdom and sharing what you've learned so that other people can learn from you as well. Thank you. And uh, good luck with this. We know it's going to be wildly successful. We know you're going to help so many people with this, and we're really excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.
All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 